no one's going to care if you stop. Like, yeah, you can say you're done, but really, yeah, the only person that's going to suffer from stopping is you. So I think from a young age, I just thought, yeah, track is where I want to be. Even I know people that are just random friends that have no interest in running. They'll go to the event and they'll have the best time ever. Being part of a professional team is what every kid dreams of when they're younger. Like, I've never looked at a time or a race and thought, I can't do that. I just want to see how far I can go. Welcome back to The Big Run. We have some incredible conversations and in-the-field reporting coming up over the coming days and weeks to get you primed for ONS Track Nights, a series of events where fast times meet loud crowds to create a unique experience for the entire running community. You can find out more at ontracknights.com and be sure to catch up with our trailer to give you a taste of what's in store on the show. As the On Track Night series continues on the big run, we move to Paris for the Fast 5000. Taking place on Saturday the 10th of June, it's quickly become one of the highlights of the French athletics calendar, and with good reason. Last year, 68% got a PB and 96% a season's best. The 2023 edition is looking even more stacked, with mile, 1500 meters and 3000 meter races in amongst the 5000 meter action. And of course, you can expect incredible atmosphere and all manner of locally curated food and entertainment. On today's episode, we have conversations with OAC Europe members Carrie Hughes and Amy Pratt. Both athletes will be towing the line in Paris. We begin in London. It's April and I'm near Tower Bridge by a coffee shop looking out over the Thames. You can get close enough to hear the river lapping against the shore. I'm here to meet Carrie Hughes, a member of the OAC Europe team and an under-23 national championship medalist in the 1500 metres. I'm here to talk about her story, her training, and what she's looking forward to about the On Track Night series. Hey Carrie, how you doing? Hello, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Carrie. <laughs> Coffee? Yeah, anything's good with me. Yeah? yeah come on sure. in, come on in. What do you want? Yeah. Well, Michelle, um, what do you want? I will have a flat white with oat milk, please. Two of those, please. Mm. I, I will get it for doing this. No, 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 no. We're going to do the old thing where we fight over the bill. I'll, I'll get Thank these, you. yeah. Uh, oat, milk oat milk for, for both. both of them, please. Thank yeah. You. Thank you so much. Uh, Danny. Hey, it's Carrie Hughes and I run 1500 metres for OAC Europe and I'm here with the Big Run podcast. So, how's it been then? How's your, I mean, we're in 2023 now, like how's, how's the winter season been? How, how are you feeling? How's the body? How's the training going? Like, yeah. talk to me. So I had a really strong start to the winter training. I would say I was going not well, but I was putting consistent back-to-back -back weeks in, which for me is super important because I struggle a lot with getting niggles and injuries. So, like, I think since, I would say, June, July, I was training because I had a stress fracture in May before, like, last year. So I'd been training straight through, and it was going really well, like, just, yeah, putting back-to-back -back weeks in and not having too much volume of running, but, yeah, putting a lot of cross-training hours in. And it was going well, and then... I raced an indoor race and then I raced Armagh 
and then yeah I had a bit of an injury then which I tore my soleus tore my gastro and had a stress response all in the same leg so it's been a little rough mm. <laughs> since yeah since February really but things are getting back now so that's that's a good thing and it was so early on in the year like I think you'll be fine for the season so it's fine do you think oh, uh, like bad things like the rule of three like he had, so had three yeah. sort of wrapped up do you feel like okay karmically you've paid your dues in yeah. terms of injury now definitely well I hope so like it was just I knew something wasn't right and I was just like I'm not sure what's going on here and then we had a scan just to like make sure that we were like not running on something that I wasn't meant to be running on and then yeah the scan probably came out the worst possible outcome to be honest but it's fine like yeah like you said three at once is better than having three individual episodes of injury so yeah I think we're good, we're good to go now. <laughs> Do you talk to your teammates about it when you're like when you're talking about the mental side of things like do you sort of share war stories about injuries and stuff yeah like obviously some people are closer to one another on the team which is obviously natural when you're a group of nine so yeah like there's a few people that i will definitely speak to about my injuries and yeah express my feelings about my injury and vice versa you know but yeah it's just i think it's just natural when you when you're all in such a close environment i think you do just naturally open up to these people about your injuries and your problems so yeah we're all super good at, yeah, supporting each other. Is there a group chat? Uh, there is, yeah. <laughs> there is. <laughs> who's the most active on the group chat? And who's the person who's like in the background is definitely reading all the messages but isn't chipping in? So I would say George or Tom or Robert is the most active on the group chat. And then probably Noah and Fabi, <laughs> probably the ones in the background. But you know that you know they're reading oh, all the yeah, messages. Oh yeah, for sure. They're definitely on their phones 24-7 like everyone else is. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> all right, enough, enough about shaming the sort of active and less active members of the WhatsApp group. Let's roll back and focus a little bit on you because yeah. you, in terms of running, like, you caught the bug quite early, right? Like you kind yeah. of, I, I, I know there's a story of you in a, in a football jersey when you were cross-country <laughs> race. Is that, was that your kind of first entry into the sport? Yeah, for sure. That was my first ever race. Like I'd never really trained for running or anything like that. So yeah, I just rocked up from football training really. And yeah, it kind of went well. So then from there, I met my um, long-term coach, my first coach, Andy Walling. And then, yeah, from then I've just been running, yeah. What's kept you in? Because I think that's it's quite an interesting thing. This idea when when young people get exposed to the sport. Say, how old were you in that when you did that first race? Probably like thirteen or something like that. But I didn't train properly until I was like fifteen, sixteen. Like I was right. still playing football and doing right. a lot of other sports. So like yeah, fifteen, sixteen. I like proper focused on running and quit the other sports that I was doing. So fifteen, sixteen. You've just had your you're now a senior. Yeah. <laughs> what's kept you what's kept you in because I think that's a really interesting subject because especially with with women there's sometimes a lot yeah. of people who drop out like Definitely. what is it about the sport that's kept you sticking to it it's the one thing that keeps me sane to start with <laughs> like I've got so much energy so going to training and like working out is something that it just helps my mind be at ease and I enjoy it like that's the main thing it's not a chore for me to go to the gym or go for a, for a run like it's just something I want to do mm. and also I think like I've had a lot of problems f from transitioning from a junior to a senior and I think the one thing that's kept me going is just like knowing what I want to achieve and not achieving it yet. I think that like motivates me to keep going and yeah carry on working hard because I know I can give a lot more than I've shown on the track at the moment but yeah. Mm. 
just got to be patient <laughs> and get out of this injury cycle and I think yeah we're good we're good <laughs> do you that's an interesting point like when you're when you're still hungry for like goals but you have these setbacks like are there things that you come back to to sort of keep you calm in those moments to sort of stop the frustration from spilling over yeah for sure like and there's times where I have literally gone yeah I'm done like I'm not I'm not running again and then I just remember like no one's gonna care if you stop like yeah you can say you're done but really yeah the only person that's gonna suffer from stopping is you so I think yeah there's a lot of times I've gone yeah I'm quitting there's no way coming back to this sport and then you just realize yeah like I've got so much more to give and I do love cycling and yeah swimming and when you get into the cross training side of it when you are injured like it does go pretty fast once you're over like the frustration of the first two weeks or something so yeah it's not like the morning period yeah like, why, why? <laughs> yeah why me is the thing that you always ask yourself but yeah like you just get used to it and you manage it and four weeks out of a long season is not that long you know four or five weeks is but it can feel like oh well, yeah for sure it feels like a lifetime <laughs> but you just gotta be yeah cry have your moan and then get on with it like no one no one's gonna care what you do so you just have to do it that's what I think so just going back to you kind of coming up through the sport I'm just curious like in terms of obviously this is this is a chat sort of in conjunction with this on track night series yeah what were your kind of first experiences of track can you remember when you were younger like how did it feel being on the track when you were a junior, sort of being yeah. part of those races? It was super good. Like I remember going to Stratford or Trafford, I don't, yeah, Trafford to do a lot of the Tuesday night races as a junior. Coming from school, my dad would pick me up at like half two or something, and we travelled two and a half hours to get to Manchester and like just race a 1500 or an 800. And I remember like just racing against the boys and the girls, and it was just super fun. And yeah, I think on the track is it's definitely a different environment across country. Like it's definitely more competitive and. And you have to be more focused and switched on at everything. So I think from a young age, I just thought, yeah, track is where I want to be. Mm. Yeah. Now you touched on cross country. Yeah. <laughs> is that, I mean, if you had to choose two, I mean, is it like picking between children? Like they're both <laughs> equally loved? Like No. <laughs> I Honestly, everyone thinks I'm a cross country runner because I've made like GB teams on the cross and I haven't actually made a GB team on the track. But it's genuinely because at the winter time is when I'm healthy and I'm not injured. I haven't really had a proper track season where I'm like, yeah, I'm like off the back of a good winter and I'm training. Like the track has always been, yeah, I've had a month of training, so we'll just see how it is. But I, I actually don't like cross country that much. <laughs> it's so long for me and yeah, off a little mileage that I do, like the senior was such a, like a long way for me. So yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's not my it's not my preferred event that's for sure right okay okay because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean if you look on paper it looks mm. like you're you're a natural and then <laughs> is it the, is it is it is it the welsh thing is it living yeah. in the mountains is that part of it yeah maybe i just think i'm super strong like i can just yeah i can hurt myself quite a lot so i think just yeah being being strong in the in the cross is super important and yeah i think i'm just good at that mm. And just coming back to then that first experience back on the track being slightly younger, like I think that first, I suppose first impressions count, don't they, yeah. for young people <laughs> when they're in that kind of environment. And I suppose maybe, and we're not here to sort of solve the problem of keeping young people in the sport, like I'm not asking you that yeah. question, <laughs> but like I suppose what kind of things 
within that environment do you think are things that can maybe sort of shift and change to make those first time experiences for younger athletes really positive so that they they do stick with the sport yeah so i think like the night of the 10ks for example is a perfect like example of how a track event should be run like i think it's it brings such a brilliant atmosphere and everyone gets involved and i think from a young age you need that experience like if you're going to a track race and there's 10 or 12 12 people watching the race like it's going to be no fun for you like you want that support you want the encouragement especially as a junior like creating such a good atmosphere is really important and make sure that they enjoy it from yeah their first race really do you feed off that atmosphere a little bit oh 100 percent. yeah mm. i raced in europe for the first time last track season and i was like why have i never done this before like it was so good like the crowds are just crazy and yeah i loved it and i went to america to do or a sound running event and that was also like really really good and it's just yeah it's an eye-opener that's interesting because obviously this this track series there's a sound running event yeah. there's an event in france that you'll be at the fast 5000 there's an event in vienna obviously night of the 10,000 meter pbs as well and then one later on in the year in australia like and last year i did have a little power attempt <laughs> beforehand don't don't at me it's natural we all do it yeah. we all do it we all do it but i saw that you'd been sort of around europe and the states like were there different things you noticed in the different countries, like the way they approach things, like the culture, the attitude towards track that you were like, oh, I've never experienced that before? Yeah, so I think in Europe, the atmosphere is so good. Like, I loved it. The crowd super get involved. Like, yeah, it's really good. And I think um, the track races in the UK should definitely take take notice of what they do in Europe. I think it's super good. I mean, we're definitely trying. I think the night of 10Ks has shown how, how well we can host track events in Britain. So, yeah, I think we're getting there. It's just... Yeah, it just needs to be pushed a bit more in other races. I mean, the BMC is great. Like, everyone loves going to BMC and running fast. But yeah, if we get the support behind from the crowds and yeah, just having more of an atmosphere, I think, yeah, we're definitely going in the right direction. Okay, so we've uh, we had a little location change because of the, uh, the weather. <laughs> Here we go. I've taken carry down to the, uh, to the London seaside. <laughs> So we were just talking then, yeah, about good for the sport. Good for the sport. We hear that a lot. I mean, what's your take on it? What do you think we can do to help elevate the sport that you're obviously clearly so passionate about? You've been passionate <laughs> about it for years. Yeah. I honestly think the way forward for our sport is to, to have professional teams or teams that, like, fans can support and athletes can, like, push to want to be part of that team. I think it's the way to sell events, to sell stadiums. And I think, yeah, it just... It's like football, like everyone supports a team. Why not do this in athletics? Everyone support a team. And I think being in OAC, like I think, yeah, the fans and the base that you, you do have and create is super good. And I think it's the only way that we can, yeah, we can change the sport in my eyes. Let's wander back up there. On track nights then. Yeah. Why do you think what Honor doing with these track nights is good for the sport? Why do you think that's an exciting kind of proposition for athletes, but also for, for fans as well? And maybe for people who've never thought of going to an athletics meet as something they might want to do. Yeah, I think what they're doing is just getting everyone involved. Doesn't matter if you're a big fan of the sport or it's your first time at the event, like putting alcohol at a track event seems to work. Like everyone comes there for a good time. And like, yeah, even I know people that like just random friends that have no interest in running, they'll go to the event and they'll have the best time ever. So I think, yeah, just creating this electric atmosphere, is, yeah, it seems to work and gets the athletes pumped up to race as well. I think that's the, the key part of it, really. I'm curious, going back to that thing of like the, the friends who, who go along, who've maybe not been 
uh, involved or sort of interested in athletics before, what's their take on it? Like, or it's like, I suppose it's that question when you do something for a living and there's people, you have friends that are like not in that world yeah. at all, like, and their take on what it is for you to so, so you run, like, yeah. like what, what, what was their kind of take on the athletics meet people outside of it? Yeah, like, they obviously know that I run, but then when they come to watch, they're like, ah, oh, like, it's amazing how, how quick everyone is, like, and I think they just, yeah, they're just blown away by the experience of having such an atmosphere at an on event like that. I think they just loved it and I don't think they expected it to be that electric, to be honest. Yeah. The speed's an interesting thing, I think, actually, because it's like when I remember being at a, a, a road race yeah. and seeing elite athletes warm up for the first time yeah. when they were doing like their strides and stuff. And like, it's like when you see stuff on TV and then you see stuff <laughs> yeah. in the flesh, when you actually see how fast these athletes are moving. It's kind of mind blowing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, my friend's like, you do two mile warm up, no way. Then you go and race, like, what is this? So it's like, yeah, it's just normal for us, you know? But yeah, I totally get it. Like going to a track track event, like a professional one, you do see, and it's amazing. Even like me going to see like how the sprinters warm up and how they, I'm like, wow, yeah, they're amazing at drills. <laughs> you do see things that, yeah, you wouldn't normally see down at your normal track. That's interesting as well from you from like the elite level perspective like when you're in those track meets and stuff are you is it like tunnel vision or are you kind of open to like when you see someone warming up are you are you, are you learning and absorbing from other athletes or like when you're at these meets it's like blinkers on I'm here to race <laughs> no I'm very I like to stay chill and relax so like I'll go and speak to people like make friends and yeah I think it's really cool just to go and see what people are doing I mean I won't go up to them talk to them and ask them what they're doing but it's cool to appreciate and respect what every athlete does because I think everyone's so different and everyone trains and works super different so I think yeah it's really cool to go and just see okay pre-race routine and so fast five thousand <laughs> you're going to be doing the 1500 yeah. so say I, I don't know what the uh, the program is yet I'm not sure what time you're time <laughs> you're going to be racing but say it's I don't know in the evening yeah. like seven o'clock okay. the, the race goes off <laughs> talk talk me through prep for the day prep so I'll get up, probably like nine-ish, have a bit of a lie-in, try and sleep as long as I can. And then I will chill for a little bit in the morning, get a coffee, and then I'll do my shakeout at like 10, 11, something like this. And then, yeah, I'll have breakfast, porridge probably. And then I'll chill, go for a walk. Just, I don't like to sit in the hotel for too long because I feel too relaxed, you know? Mm. I like to go out and move my legs a little and then yeah, probably like three or four hours before the race, I'll have my pre-race meal. Yeah, varies, but something that I'm confident will stay down and yeah, mm. be good to race. And then I'll do my hair, get my kit ready, and yeah, head to the track about two hours before the race. And then yeah, it's go time. <laughs> <laughs> is there is there a playlist? Oh yeah, there is, but I won't wear them to do a warm up. Actually, I'll wear my headphones like before going to the track and then when I'm at the track I won't really listen to music do you want to strange. absorb the atmosphere yeah I don't know I just like to socialize and yeah yeah talk to people mm. <laughs> I'm just always curious of like what that what kind of like vibe you're trying to like oscillate at for an elite athlete before yeah. you go into a peak race because I like I'm just coming at it from my background was like I used to work in theater and performance and stuff and there was always that sense of like 
you want to be taking it seriously, but you also have to have that sense of play yeah. so that you can feel relaxed. relaxed. Is that kind of what you're trying to aim for? Yeah, like I know what I'm doing, the training's done. So I try not to worry about it before the race because there's nothing you can do at that point. Like you've done the hard work, you've done the training. So I'm just proper chilled and just, yeah, I just want to run well. And I run best when I am relaxed. I'm not overthinking the race and I'm that person that talks in the call room. Some people hate it, some people love it. Well, I was going to say, like, <laughs> do, you, do you sometimes get people being like, can you... Yeah, like, if I know they don't talk, I just won't talk to them. But you get some girls that will talk back to you. So, like, yeah, we, we just chat rubbish, basically, in the call room. And, yeah, that's how I keep myself calm. But, yeah. It's, it's interesting, yeah. I, I, I can imagine, yeah, that, that's sort of the politics of the of the call room of yeah. like, okay, I can't be sort of making yeah. cracking jokes or anything like that right now. Yeah. Everyone's so serious and I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> it's just a race. Yeah, especially you got to have that balance, right? Yeah, you do. Uh, for me, everyone's different, but for me, it works to be chilled and just, yeah, calm. It's just like training, but a little bit harder. And do you try and like, or have, have you noticed like that approach, does it rub off on your OAC teammates or are they very like particular in how they sort of prepare and stuff? Yeah, there's a lot, a few of the guys and a few of the girls are very like routine and they're pretty like focused so that yeah, just leave them to it. Like it's completely fine. Everyone deals with it differently. But yeah, for me, I will just chill with Thomas for a race if he's there and yeah, talk to the girls. And if, yeah, if they want to warm up together, we'll warm up together. If not, then I'll happily just go by myself like I think it depends on the race and depends on everyone's aims but yeah as a whole I think yeah we all do train together so it's it's like normal routine for us to go and race together so yeah it's, it's pretty calm uh, just whenever I've been to you know races or track meets or anything when you show up individually that's just it's it can be quite intimidating to be there with a group must be like <laughs> ah, i've got my crew here yeah. i got my posse it's so nice yeah especially when you are racing in europe and everything's in a different language i think it is a little bit more relaxed and like comforting when you do have your whole team around you i think yeah it's really good and we have like we have thomas that comes with us to most races and a psychologist does come to a lot of the races as well which i think is really cool and like a physio will come as well if we we ask him to like so we have everyone with us well if we if we need them and yeah the resources are there if we ever do need it which i think is super good that's a psycho well i well i want to touch on thomas because we mentioned him a few times during this conversation and like his approach and stuff but that's really piqued my interest the psychologist so uh, how does that operate on a on a meet or like do you see them before after like how does it how does it work honestly like you can speak to the psychologist anytime you want. He's so good and so open. Like if you say, look, I'm really struggling. I need to speak to you. Then he'll speak to you immediately. But like before a race, I personally won't speak to him about the race. Like if I have something else going on in my life, then yeah, maybe I'll speak to him about it the day before the race. But yeah, I don't really like to go through the race with anyone really. It's just in my head. So for me, I wouldn't speak to him, but maybe other people in the team would want to speak to him before the race, maybe the day before or the day of, like, I'm not sure. Everyone obviously keeps that side private. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, I think just having him there is super good because if you have a bad race, then maybe you do want to rant to him. And so that's really good. What's the split in terms of like, the, the, the obviously we're not asking you to share the actual sp specifics of what you talk about, but like, like running and then personal stuff, like yeah. how much, what's the split that you talk to them about? And how much does that help you as an athlete? Yeah, so me personally, I don't really speak to him about running because I think I deal with that side of it really well. When I'm injured, I'll speak about the injury with him. But when I'm actually running, I don't tend to speak to him about it because 
everything's going well you know mm. but so I kind of speak about the other stuff that may cause some stresses in my life which obviously everyone has stresses in their life but certain times of the year and certain things in your life do stress you out a little bit more so I think to to yeah de-stress and make sure that it doesn't affect your training I think yeah having him there to discuss that is yeah really helpful because stress is like it's such a seemingly unquantifiable thing but so impactful to a, to an athlete Definitely. of things that you can't perceive in the way that you could perceive oh I'm exhausted after a session yeah. for example Def- or your body like doesn't know what stress is t- like being under put like if your body is stressed it could be from personal things or training things like your body doesn't know at the end of the day so like my stress response is like it could be from training or it could be from being super stressed from anything else or a combination of both probably but yeah I think having as little stress in your life as possible is super good and yeah it will help your training definitely Mm. and for me I'm really bad at knowing when I am stressed like Mm. I don't really acknowledge that I'm stressed unless there's something really big and like oh like evident that it is stressful but so I think working with my psychologist about that is yeah I think it helps it's such an amazing resource to have and I think like we're always well at your level at elite like we're looking for these things that we can these marginal gains and if we can tap into that side of thing that feels like a huge potential for growth 100% and I think like I came from university at Loughborough to then going pro and not really have done anything like substantial to have a contract that a professional one like some people have run much faster than I have and yeah so I think that transition for me was super hard to accept and to like yeah this is really my job now and all I'm doing is training where I was so used to an active and busy life and now I'm just training so I think having that resource is super good to adapt to new changes in your life so I think it helped me a lot it just sounds like they've got such an incredible setup and they're thinking of like every level of detail there on now we, we mentioned him before I want to come back to to Thomas the, the coach the head yeah. show. <laughs> like hoping to chat to him on the podcast as well if, if we do have an opportunity so yeah. what's his approach how do you work together and also I'm curious to know maybe Thomas is maybe better poised to answer this is how he operates keeping all different <laughs> athletes kind of training in yeah. in his head training for different disciplines different distances and being able to function and and deliver as a coach yeah Thomas is honestly such a great guy like a normal guy so good and then as a coach I think being a good person just translates into his coaching like he cares for you so much and cares for our team a huge amount which I think is super important when you have such a good group of people like you need that support behind you and like everything he does is so detailed and I really like that about him um yeah Thomas and I like we've had to overcome a lot of obstacles really early on in our journey so I think that's definitely created our bond as coach and athlete super strong and yeah I trust what he does and I think he values my opinion and trusts my decision making as well which I think is super important Mm. so I think it's just that level of respect for one another I think is really key for a successful career together because it's got to be a relationship right 100% yeah has has to work both ways and yeah Thomas is super good at listening to you and yeah that's all you can ask for really does he have a USP is there one saying that like comes back or is there one kind of I don't know (laughs) something that he's always proffering which is like unique to, to him there's a, there's a lack of recognition there <laughs> to me is upload your watch to training uh, to final surge carry that's the one I get all the time I'm super bad at uploading to final surge 
<laughs> I don't sync my watch. <laughs> and he's like every day texting me, can you can you feed back on the training, please? Can you update final surge? I was like, yes, Thomas. <laughs> Thomas, if you are listening, don't worry. I, I'll stop recording soon, so so Carrie Carrie can go and upload. But it's, it's lovely to get that level of level of insight. So just to sort of close things out. So for people listening who perhaps are thinking about maybe coming to, to one of these events from an athlete's point of view what, what, what's the what's the pitch what's the kind of the, yeah. the, the way to get people down <laughs> you guys should come down and watch us race there are going to be super fast athletes there and yeah we're going to put on a show there's some good head-to-heads going to be there and yeah you're going to see some quick times I think so yeah and the atmosphere is amazing there's some beer there I think so yeah it's all of a more reason to come down and watch <laughs> Sold. <laughs> brilliant, 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 brilliant. First officer, we have started our descent towards Zurich. Expect the landing in approximately 20 minutes. A few weeks later, after a flight to Zurich and a train into the mountains, I'm at 1800 meters above sea level in the beautiful Saint Moritz. Ladies and gentlemen, we are arriving at Saint Moritz. All passengers are kindly requested to leave the train. Goodbye from the train crew and thank you for traveling with us. The OAC Europe team are here at their high altitude base preparing for their summer season. In the morning, I observe a track session before chatting with some of the group. Good morning. Hi, Amy. How are you? Yeah, good. Good to see you again. How yeah, are you doing? I'm good. Yeah? Yeah. First up was Amy Pratt, the latest signing to OAC Europe. The move comes on the heels of Pratt's impressive performances at last year's European, Commonwealth and World Championships. But being my first time at this height, I was curious about the differences in altitude, the adjustment period and how after just 36 hours spent here it might affect my own upcoming track performance. I think I may have had to stay a bit longer and be a lot more talented. Like, I think if you're going to go into a race, about, it's about 1,600. Um, but it's good if you if you go quite high, like in the winter months, um, it's it's good because then when you do go a little bit lower, like you are really well adapted anyway. So like in Dolstrom, I think it was, I think it was like two, it was over two thousand there. So like now we've come here, it doesn't feel that hard, which is good. And do you need like when you come back down to sea level? Is it like? No, you or do. Or do you need like a data? Yeah, you do need to like. Kind How am I going to be in my race tomorrow? <laughs> um, I think it'll be good. Is it tomorrow? <laughs> Not tomorrow. Day after Friday. Friday. Oh. So I go back. So I'll be back in Zurich tomorrow. So that's a shift down. Yeah. And fly from Zurich back to London. Yeah. Back down to Greenwich sea level. No, I think you've not been here long enough. <laughs> <laughs> Gutted. <laughs> My name's Amy Pratt. I'm a member of the OAC Europe and you're listening to the Big Run podcast. What a view. Yeah, it's nice. What a view. Thank you for joining me opposite the lake <laughs> in St Moritz. How was, the, uh, how was the session this morning? It was good. Where are you at the moment with training? I've just put in like quite a big bulk of volume. Um, I feel like aerobically I'm the strongest ever. I actually feel the strongest I've ever been, to be honest. Um, I don't think I've ever been this fit, but I think I kind of need to sharpen up a bit now and get ready for the track. But also, world is really late this year, so mm. yeah, we've got a while. That's always interesting, I think, is like that thing of 
not peaking too soon yeah. you know keeping it in the tank like how do you how do you work on that as, as an athlete sort of keeping it there in the reserve but not yeah overcooking it too soon when yeah. you've got something like the world in the in the horizon to be honest it's not something that i've ever thought about mm. <laughs> it's a good job i'm not a coach um i think yeah i need to sit down with thomas and have have a good chat um but that's really not our job um, we just have to kind of trust what we're given and yeah, execute when it matters. Mm, mm. So talk to me about this on track night series. That's kind of why I'm here, why I've been chatting to the OAC Europe team. I mean, what's your take on it? Like, do you think it's a good thing? What do you think people are going to experience when they go to one of these races? Yeah, it's definitely um, a good thing. It's, it's bringing a bit of atmosphere because um, I think that's what that's what athletics misses sometimes, not always, but a lot of the time it's kind of like you go down, you know, that it's, it's I don't know why our sport has struggled to make good atmosphere, but um, yeah, no, I think it's it's exciting, it's something that's different, I think, um, yeah, it's it's good to see and I think it will be, I think it's, it's something that's new, which is always positive, um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to it. What were your experiences of athletics meets when you were like starting out? Like, what, what, how would you describe what they were oh. like compared to maybe what these are offering people that's slightly different and new? Yeah, like when I, you know, just going to like the Northern League or the Women's League, and it's like you get you get called up and there's four of you in the race. <laughs> it's kind of hard to get motivated, um, but I think I think like people are trying now to make an atmosphere even. Even like at the BMCs and things like that, they're really trying. Um, but I don't know. I I don't really have the answer. I don't know what it is. Um, I think I think you see like the videos in Kenya and things like that. There's they're so passionate, um, and the fans are like so engaged. I I think we kind of struggle to to tell stories. Um, mm. But I think obviously things like what you're doing kind of trying to um, showcase the athletes and follow follow the the progress into follow the process um, into the races because so much work goes into it but I do think as a spectator when you're just watching somebody run laps you can't really appreciate it um, but yeah I think if we can show what goes into it then yeah I think you're absolutely right. I think, and that's definitely the motivation behind these is to give people a bit of context yeah. to who it is they see on the track and know, oh, right, okay, Amy's done X, Y, and Z to be here. So let's talk about the process then for you, specifically for the steeplechase, because I think it's, re it's a really interesting discipline. Like, what does, the, what does the process look like? I mean, how do you train? I think there'll be people listening who'll be like, okay, steeplechase, how does one train for an event like that? Yeah, so... So I'm running like two times a day, pretty much every day. Um, I'm in the gym like two to three times a week and then I'm on the track two to three times a week. Um, and I'm doing that like year round pretty much. <laughs> um, it is a full-time job, which is kind of ridiculous. Like it is a fun job, um, but yeah, a lot goes into it. And I think you, you need a big volume of running. Like obviously you need to put the miles in, um, but you also need to balance that with being strong in the gym um it's very hard on you know the ankles on your core um all the jumps in between even the water jump is is brutal if you're not strong enough um so yeah it's just about getting a balance between 
putting the miles in and also being strong enough in the gym to be able to take the impact. Mm. What's the art of the water jump? Don't fall. <laughs> I think it's just making sure you attack it. I think the worst thing that you can possibly do is is be scared of it. Um, just keep your momentum into the into the barrier and then you'll be absolutely fine. What would you say to people who are like, mm, I don't know, it's just steeplechase, for example, like when we have the Southern Leagues, we're going to bring it right back down to the lower yeah. level. When we do like the, we were doing the Southern Leagues at my local club last year and they were looking for people to be in the steeplechase just to score points for the club within the Southern League. People were like, oh, no, I'm too scared. I'm too scared. They're fine, you can like literally stop and just like climb over the barrier. But like, how would you sell it? to people why, why do you love it so much what would be your pitch for for the steeplechase i just think you need to have fun with it like just don't be afraid of the barriers they they look big but you're not gonna get hurt really <laughs> but yeah nah you'll be fine you'll be fine you'll be fine yeah what's the uh what's the atmosphere like at oac europe obviously we just we just met outside the outside the house like what's the What's the atmosphere like within the group? Is it? It feels like a fun group to be part of. Yeah, it's definitely fun. Um, and you're just uh, like announced as an official member, right? Yeah, just today I became a member. Got the pants, got the t-shirt. Was it actually today the announcement? <laughs> yeah, I oh. think they just announced it like ten minutes ago. <laughs> wow. Okay, this is brand new. Like I knew that it was happening, but I didn't know when the announcement. Congratulations, so, formal thank announcement. You. So how does it feel to be part of the OEC Europe? It's then? good, honestly. Like I. I think um, it is a dream, like genuinely. I think, I think, being part of a professional team is what every kid kind of dreams of when they're younger. Um, and I, I think it's just it makes such a big difference. Like, um, it's so it makes it makes training so much easier. <clears throat> getting the miles in with, with the group. There's always someone to run with. Why is it the dream? Because I, I just think we have such privileged lifestyle. Um, we get to go to all these beautiful places. Um, I, I wake up every day, just train. <laughs> That's what I do as a job, um, which is pretty cool. What about your friends? Do you have friends back home that perhaps aren't involved? So I was talking to Robert about this. Yeah. Perhaps aren't involved in running. What do they make of it? Like, so what, you just go to Summerits and just run all day? Like, yeah, what's their perspective they, on it? They still don't understand it. And I don't think they ever will. <laughs> yeah, I still think they they think it's a bit weird. Like when I go home, when I am training, say if I'm training in Manchester for a week, um, and they see me nap like in the middle of the day, they're like, "You're so lazy. What are you doing?" Like I'm recovering. Yeah, they they I don't think they would ever understand it. Um, but they do think it's amazing when they when they see all of the places that we get to go to. Um, and yeah, they're really supportive. Mm. I don't think they know what they're supporting, but they are supportive. <laughs> what does it mean to be part of a team? And why, why do you think being part of a team is perhaps really beneficial for an athlete to take like a big step in terms of their own personal development? I just think even though it's an individual sport, <clears throat> um, it, is, it is quite brutal. Um, and I think having spent so many years kind of training solo, um, being part of a team I think for me like it's just massively helped having people around um, to push you in the sessions and keep you alert I think a lot of the times if you are training alone you can so easily on a day-to-day -day basis kind of forget your long-term goals and I think having world-class athletes around you it just keeps you on your toes it keeps you 
reminded of why you're doing this every day and it keeps you inspired year round I think what's your why what's my why I just want to see how far I can go like I've gotten quite far I've competed <laughs> in um, she's being very modest yeah <laughs> I've competed in all the major championships but I, I still think that I've got so much that I can improve on um, and I've got so much that that I'm missing and I just want to make sure that I do everything that I can to see where that lays mm. see if I can find my ceiling mm. and how does that work with you and, and Thomas then like do you do you plan quite far in advance in terms of seeing how close to that ceiling you can get no I don't think you can plan too far in advance um, in this sport because we're training we're pushing ourselves so hard it's we're kind of walking quite a thin line um mm. it's almost like every few days you're kind of checking in do we need to ease off do we need to push on um and i think yeah it's just taking each one step at a time um yeah building week on week and how does recovery play a part in that for you like is that something that you take as much sort of value in as well as the as the hard stuff like we, we saw yeah, this morning recovery is massive it's like the, I think the more you can recover the more you can push yourself the next day and if you're not recovering you're just going to get into a big hole so. thinking forward then so I mean what do you think the season's going to look like for you leading up to, to to Budapest like have you have you mapped that far out like or are you just taking it day by day I know there's potential fast 5,000 you might be turning the line at like have you have you charted out other races before and after that yeah we've got we've got a vague plan I think um this year I'm I'm going to be more conscious of the races that I choose I want to have a bit of a better plan um make sure that the races that I do I'm I'm really targeting um and making sure that I'm actually in good good races this year because a lot of the races last year I was literally running solo <laughs> mm. um so yeah I'm we're going to be more specific with where I run and when I run this year um, and I'll probably race a bit less as well just so I'm I can get a bit more training in and hopefully be stronger come August now you talk about this in good races you know what that means and yeah. I know what that means but I think a lot of people are like well race is a race right why do you, what's a good race what does it mean at your level to have a good race what are the things you're looking what are the ingredients you're looking for you're like I want to be there yeah I think it's just athletes that are quicker than you <laughs> basically mm. um just so you've actually got people that you can compete with people that you can kind of chase towards the end of the race um if you're in fields where you know people are not are like at a worse level than you it just makes it more difficult because you're doing a lot of the work and i think yeah that's that's the same at any no matter what level you compete at mm. are there athletes that you look up to yeah i think i was really inspired by um, emma coburn in the steeplechase um, I think just because she was one of the first non-Africans to win a world title um, and I think that really opened the eyes of every European steeplechaser to be like, oh yeah, we could also be there. There's <laughs> mm. a specific race that you remember? Yeah, the, the 2017 World Championships um, when she won that race was mm. pretty cool. Mm. And like going right back for you, like when was the point for you in terms of running where you were like, okay this is something that i i want to commit my life to and you know one day it's going to be my full-time job i'm going to be the member of, a, of the oac europe was there a moment like when you were coming up um, 
I don't think so. I think I was kind of like that from the beginning. I, I never put any limits on myself. I've always been quite open-minded. Um, like I've never looked at a time or a race and thought I can't do that. Mm. I've I've thought maybe I'm maybe I'm not very prepared for this, but I'll still give it a go. <laughs> um, no, I don't. I think if I prepare, then there's kind of nothing that I can't achieve. Where does that come from? That that confidence, you think? Do you have siblings? Is it from your parents? Like Yeah, I have a lot of siblings. I'm the youngest of six. Oh really? Um, okay. I think I don't know if it's confidence or I'm just quite open minded. Mm. Are they runners as well, siblings? Any no. other You're the only <laughs> one in the family? Yeah. And what do they make of, of what you do? They they think it's amazing, they're really supportive. Um but they don't want to come for a run with me. Uh, <laughs> 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 I was talking to um I was talking to Yared Nagus about his relationship with his siblings and he said there's there's nothing more humbling after a you know a particular athletic performance when your siblings are completely unimpressed. Do, yeah. do, do you have that sometimes? Honestly, they'll say well done and then it's like, who wants to go for dinner? <laughs> yeah. It's... Well that that's what I think is so good about these OTN series though, because he was saying, and I think it's a really good point, is like, well yeah, it was the, his siblings were saying, Yeah, it's great when you were on, but then then when you weren't racing we were bored and I think like that's one of the things with these on track nights is there's going to be so much for people to get stuck into there's going to be all this kind of entertainment and I think I don't know I'd be curious to get your perspective on it do you think that's a way that we can create more athletic fans by creating these sort of events where people can kind of it's almost like sleight of hand it's yeah. like come here there's there's climbing walls in the infield there's <laughs> there's there's a there's a you can get some pizza or beer yeah. but you can also maybe see some amazing athletic performances yeah i think it's important um because no one's gonna go down just to see some random people run a few laps <laughs> we need to trick them there <laughs> so what would be your pitch then what would be your pitch for people who are maybe on the fence, or like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe. Why? Why do you think they should come to see one of these on track nights? Honestly, I think I think they just need to sell beer, and people will be there. <laughs> sell beer. I think that's the answer. Okay, sell beer. People will be. Bring there. the sun and the beer, and people will be there. A big thank you to Carrie and Amy for coming on the show. They will both be racing at the Fast 5000 on the 10th of June. To find out more, head over to ontracknights.com. On tomorrow's episode... And I think it's just a very authentic format. It really represents what the sport is about. I'll see you then for the big run.